up next, the match we're going to be talking about is Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. And joining us for that match will be the doc of lordsofpain.com, or was it .net? .net. .net, lordsofpain.net, and it is Chad Matthews. Chad, what's going on today, man? Not much, man. Getting excited for WrestleMania. Thanks for having me on. Excellent, man. Uh, usually uh, I'm, I'm joining Chad, but this time he's joining the nation. So uh, we're going to get into it about uh, Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. Undertaker being one of James's favorite wrestlers uh, of all time. And Roman Reigns being just about nobody's favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> that's what I Why are you so mean to Roman, man? Uh, I think that's a little like... Uh, well, yeah, that, that's uh, tepid for you know most people's uh, response to him. But let's just get right into it. Should this be the Undertaker's last match? I don't know who wants to go first among you guys or but Chad's the guest. So Chad, did, did, should this be the Undertaker's last match? I think it should be. It's been a long time coming. I think Undertaker's increasingly been breaking down physically over the last several years and. It's uh, it's not been any secret that he's looking like he's in pretty bad shape right now. Plus, you know, I mean, technically speaking, with his schedule that he keeps, I mean, te- he could go on forever if he is able to walk. I think <laughs> that he might try to, to have a match at WrestleMania. But when is enough enough? You know, I don't want to see him get to 58, 59 years old like Ric Flair did. There's a generation of young and hungrier stars that want to be on this card in more prominent positions that are doing their part all throughout the year. I've spoken on that topic a lot during WrestleMania season this year myself and my podcast and on my and in my columns. And I think it's just at that point now where if he doesn't go now, then, you know, when is he going to go? I mean, it's it's time to go ahead and just get that done. Send him off into the into the sunset and let's just, uh, you know, let's transition out of this part-timer kind of era. So if Undertaker goes, I think it'll start a domino effect. Yeah, so James, what, what do you think about uh, this? Is this? Is it time, as Vader would say? I mean, you can make an argument that it's been time since Rock beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that if they're, if they're going to use this as a springboard to build something for Roman to catapult him into coordinating him again as a baby face or a hill, whatever else. At least it was for something constructive they beat him with. I mean, everybody that always talked about a streak and when he should, should have lost it was always to build somebody up into the future. Now, granted, they built a guy that was already a, a multiple-time champion and already a guy that was, you know, a, a legit fighter that didn't really necessarily need to be put over as legit because, he, you know, he actually has... You know, fist the size, fist the size of cinder blocks, but yes. <laughs> he's already so. But besides, moving on from that point, if that if they're going to do something constructive with it, sure, why not? I mean, there's not there's nothing else for Undertaker to necessarily prove. All right, I feel like the Undertaker story ended a long time ago. None of this is canon, actually, for like what we would what we would consider essential Undertaker viewing, and I don't even think these are like necessarily matches for the dvd like as as we say these are like kind of historical anecdotes like oh yeah after the streak was broken you know he fought bray wyatt and he fought uh roman reigns and just different stuff like that but yeah fought shaming man yeah fought shaming man yeah that was especially uh puzzling but um yeah if this This, was go ahead chat this is the uh this is the rick flair in the 2000 stage of his career and uh say what you will about that 
And, I mean, that did produce a couple of memorable moments for Ric Flair. But nobody who thinks of Ric Flair's career is going to think first and foremost about the last match or about the match with Undertaker in 02. They're going to think about his prime and what he did when he was at his best. And Undertaker hasn't been at his best in a long time. And I'm very hopeful that he's got one more left in the tank, sort of like Ric Flair was able to combine with Shawn Michaels to produce something memorable in his last match the last time WrestleMania was in Orlando. But... Um, you know, I mean, it, the odds of him having great matches, I mean, the sample size is pretty small since that match with Punk four years ago. There's just not really been much from The Undertaker that I would ever say, I want to watch that over and over again. Especially when they had him kicking dudes in the dick. Well, I was going to get to that. To uh, Chad, do you think the reason why they've, con- they've prolonged The Undertaker things since WrestleMania 30 is the fact that they they pretty much... Do you think it was a possibility that they got, I guess, kind of like tricked into believing that he could still go considering what he did um, in 2015 with Brock Lesnar with the SummerSlam and the Hell in a Cell matches? I have always been of the opinion, James, that he always wanted to end it in Dallas. That was his plan. That's what he wanted to do. I felt like that series that he had with Brock, the shape that he got into in 2015 was all leading up to that final match Mm -hmm. that he was going to have with John Cena at WrestleMania last year. And I think the only reason why we're seeing him again this year, and this is one of the reasons why if I had to, if you, if you put a gun to my head and I had to say correctly, whether or not this was his last match, why I think it, it is going to be is because I think that last year was supposed to be it, but he just simply did not want to go out. It was all about Shane McMahon. (laughs) And uh, and not about him. And I think this is this is going to be a scenario where, um, you know, they can split the most memorable moments between them. So I think um, I think it was always his desire okay. to to go out in, in Dallas. I honestly do. And the shape he got in and everything he did in 2015 really would have segued nicely into that match with Cena if it had happened, but it didn't. So here we are. It's a bit of a change of fate. Right. Gotcha. Um, the, uh, with Undertaker, I lost my train of thought. Um, we'll just move on to the next one. Um, what is at stake for Roman Reigns in this match? I think a lot is actually at stake for Roman Reigns. I think there are several things. One is, I think from a performance standpoint, redemption for last year. Last year, he... You know, he deserves a, a big share of the blame for why it didn't work out. But, I mean, a lot of that really wasn't on Roman. A lot of it was on the booking of the match. And um, I think, you know, Triple H was married to the idea of having the Triple H match in the main event at WrestleMania. And he's been guilty of that before, and it hasn't worked out well. And though Triple H seems to have become somewhat more immune to the criticism that he once received for such for such situations, I think he deserves the lion's share of the blame for that uh, along with the booking of trying to make Roman Reigns something that he isn't and was never going to be, especially in the way that they decided to build up WrestleMania 32, which was just horrible. Um, (laughs) So there's that. I think Um, also most people seem to be sleeping on this match because of this silly narrative that keeps continuing that Reigns isn't a good performer. That's ridiculous. And, (laughs) <laughs> it, it's it's gotten to crazy levels. It's like, oh, Roman Reigns is in it, so we shouldn't expect it to be good. And then you've got the other side that Undertaker's broken down. So if Undertaker can't quote unquote carry Roman Reigns, and it's going to be a 
uh, it's going to be just terrible. Well, I think this is a, pl- a platform for Roman Reigns to knock it out of the park and to receive the credit for it that he's due. So I think that for Roman Reigns as a performer, there's a lot on the line. As a character, I don't know that there's a ton on the line, but you know, certainly there are stakes for Roman Reigns. This is not just a, a, a passing, fleeting moment for him. I mean, he's in the ring with The Undertaker at what could be The Undertaker's final match. So there should be plenty of motivation for Roman to go out and do something that I don't think many people at this point think he can. James, you got anything on, uh, what does that say for Roman Reigns? I think it's a, I think it's a point where if he has a really good match with, with Undertaker is on a send off, then historically, you know, you look back at, um, and, and Chad's been doing these, uh, has done a pretty much a, a layout from looking at the entirety of his career, of Undertaker's career for the past couple of weeks, but if you add that little bit to the end and that's the period and he goes out on his back and it was a really good match, I don't think you can, I mean, people are going to be, people are going to be upset that it was him that beat him, but they're going to be upset if, if Roman Reigns' hand was raised anyway <laughs> against anybody at WrestleMania. Yeah. But at this point, he's putting out really good, he's a really good big match performer. He's been one of the most consistent guys. I mean, he's not AJ level, AJ's, Styles uh, level, but shame on him. Yeah, right. But if you're not on that level, there's no shame on you for for being, you know, second or third as far as you're putting a big match. You're going to deliver. He just, I mean, if he can do what he just did with with Braun Strowman, who, I mean, even at this stage, like given Undertaker, what we've seen with Undertaker's athleticism and balance and coordination and grace, he's then they'll they should be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Reigns has uh, plenty at stake as far as the this should, this needs to be the match of his life, <laughs> uh, and I say that because he's going to be fair or not he's going to be judged harder than anybody else on the roster. Uh, they're upset that you know this could have been Cena versus Undertaker, so he's going to have to perform against that stigma, uh, and also this is this is. Alright, Chad, I have this theory, like, about, like, you know, sometimes in rap music, like, this is your, like, you can tell a lot about which way an artist's career is going to go on their third album. I feel like this is Reigns' third album, uh, you know, w- along with the Lesnar and then the Triple H and then this one, you know. The Triple H was okay, but you have one more shot to kind of prove, like, where you're at and where you're going to be after that third, you know, album or, you know, match at WrestleMania in a high-profile situation. Um, mm-hmm. so I think, I think Reigns is really going to have to, like, he's, he's going to have to call this match. He's going to have to make it a Roman match. And if he does make it a Roman match, I think we're going to get something that we end up enjoying. Similar to like Batista versus Undertaker. Um, yeah, you got anything on that chat? Uh, that would be my hope. That's actually, uh, that's actually what I mentioned in my podcast this week is if we can, if we see something that follows the format of Batista versus Undertaker, I think it'll be very successful, and I think Roman Reigns will benefit greatly from it. There's, uh, so I agree. I think I agree with both of you. I think that there's plenty of stakes here for Roman. Uh, does does you know the consensus is yeah that you still want Roman Reigns to end up as the new top babyface and and eventually be beloved by all or most. Uh, does Roman Reigns have to win this match to accomplish their long-term goal? 
or will it or will it be a situation where it's like, all right, or can they do another redemption story for him? Well, there's the thing. I think that depends on what you think WWE's long-term goal is. Because if you think their their long-term goal is to make Roman Reigns a babyface beloved by all, I'm no longer convinced that that's what they have in mind. And if I mean, if that's their goal, then you know, obviously Roman Reigns beating the Undertaker and potentially retiring him ain't gonna work nope. toward that goal. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, and, and, and on what planet would they possibly think that it would? I, I have no idea. I mean, he's clearly being presented as the heel in this feud. His attitude reflects that, and it works for him. Um, but I think if their goal is to get him into that position where he is the next John Cena, he's that very polarizing and i'm not just talking about lukewarm polarizing here i think that there's a lot that needs to be said about the idea that roman is replacing cena but the fact that you know he's really not been that polarizing he's coming to that stage in his career where he is but there's been a lot of resignation type heat to this guy over the last couple of years that uh not again we got to go through another 10 years of this of this guy who who appeals in one way to this audience and one way to this audience and everyone that's 15 years and older boos the crap out of him and everybody that's under that age or is female loves him. I don't know that that's that um, we could really until here recently see that working out. Um, and if it does work out, John Cena's pretty been pretty darn successful. So I mean, there is a. There is historical evidence that that works. I don't think it has been working very well with Roman over the years, but I'm starting to see signs that it could. So if the goal is to make Roman Reigns that by beating Undertaker, then I think it absolutely could accomplish that goal because people like us are going to really get emotionally invested in that in a way that perhaps, you know, beating Triple H wouldn't have done or beating Brock Lesnar wouldn't have done. I think that, you know, you you retire The Undertaker, who, you know, most of us very, very highly respect, no matter where we put him uh, today and in terms of whether or not he should still wrestle for much longer. I think that Roman Reigns beating him would really give those people that are um, that don't really feel much about Roman Reigns one way or the other a reason to hate his guts. And, and the more emotionally invested everybody is one way or another, that's what defined John Cena. Not just people yelling, you suck and you, you're awesome. It was, it was that emotional investment of people really believing that, that he either was awesome or he sucked. And I don't think we've had that with Roman. But like, beating Taker, retiring Taker, maybe that gets it done. It's like pick a side. You know, you're either going to be with him or against him. And, yeah, I can see what you're saying on that. James, you got anything on that? I mean, I don't – it's exactly what Chad said. Like, I don't understand how if you're if this is the plan to make him the – if the actual goal is baby face guy, face of the company for the, for the next five to ten years, him being the Undertaker ain't doing it. That that is that is you know um, we always joke about how now the guys that are on TV every single day like the TV is so bad and inconsistent that it gets you under instead of over. Yeah, beating Undertaker as a babyface will get you under. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, if if that's what they, if that's what their idea is, it's not a it's not a wise idea. 
it, it seems it seems riddled with, with with plenty of reasons. Like I can plenty of cons and not really many pros. Yeah, uh, I think it's weird because if Roman Reigns like mess around and lost this match, right, and then everyone's happy. I feel like him losing would be a quick fix. It would be just like, okay, we know you don't like this guy, but it's only going to last, um, it's only going to last a couple days that high that, you know, fans will get off of Roman Reigns losing at WrestleMania. Like when Finn Balor beat him on the first episode of the Raw after the split. Exactly. And then, uh, what happened right after that? Roman Reigns was right back to being the one folks would focus on, well, even while well, he was the U.S. title. Well, he wasn't the, the he wasn't the main champion or, or whatever, but he was, Doing mo- he was in most of the main events for Raw, right? And you were like, that was how they were doing. They were like, we'll split the, we're almost like we'll split the baby. You guys don't want to be the chop champion, so what we'll do is we'll have a main event, but he won't be the champion. It was really similar to almost uh, CM Punk and John Cena uh-huh. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they might as well just have him win. <laughs> like, it, like, just, just don't fuck around with it. Do it expeditiously, as as Joe, the great Joe Clark says, and, and lean <laughs> on me. Um, uh, it, you know, when I, when this angle emerged, um, I was joking and saying, you know, this is a yard match, you know, this is going to be, I, I feared that they would take it on a angle of, you guys are going to have to respect Roman Reigns, but they haven't really done that. They kind of went with the, you know, this is my yard now type thing. Um, and we're recording this the Sunday before the go home show on raw. Um, they, Reports are coming out that this really might be Undertaker's last match. I feel like there's a huge angle to be shot tomorrow night. But um, has this, so far, has the, is this my yard now, or this is my yard now angle, has this been compelling enough for you guys, or did you guys want something more out of this? I always want more from Undertaker matches, or for Undertaker feuds. Um, Just in the sense that, Undertaker hasn't really done anything interesting in years as a character <laughs> to me. Um, it's, you know, somebody does something or challenges him or he does something and challenges somebody else. And then he says that, you know, they're going to rest in peace and the lights go out. And we get all that crap. And then it's and then, OK, now there's a match. I mean, he doesn't have anything interesting to say. Um, so, you know, my what's compelling about it to me is that Undertaker has sparked a natural organic situation for Roman to play the attitude-driven bad guy. I like that. I'm, I'm compelled in any situation in which Roman Reigns is afforded the opportunity to not be this inorganic, plucky <laughs> underdog. Because it does, I mean, that just that doesn't work. It never worked with John Cena, and it's not going to work for me with him either, but when he plays the heel, which he's basically been doing, I like the attitude he's shown. I think that's great. So I'm compelled by that. I do want something more. I, yeah. If this is the Undertaker swan song, I'd ideally like them to make mention of it more so than Roman just saying, I'm the guy that's going to retire the Undertaker. I think that's, you know, that comment was compelling. But overall, I mean, the feud has been pretty lukewarm, I think. Yeah, I think they're terrified to hand Reigns the mic. Um, (laughs) James, if you want to go in from there. Me and you were talking about this the other day, and it seems like, I mean, you know, I'm only just going to top my head, and there was a a bit of time that I missed, but I don't think there's ever been a top guy, a top champion in WWE that, like, ever 
was given less mic time to get over his his feud mm-hmm. ever. I mean, it's, and then you mentioned Yokozuna. I was like, well, there's okay. If you want to say Yokozuna, <laughs> that was 1994. Like, think about how long ago that was. And at least he had Jim Cornette. Yeah, that yeah. too. Um, uh, you know, I, I agree with what you, I agree with you, Chad. Just he when he is in his face versus face fuse, and he is able to heal out. He he has the he does the best work he's ever done. The Daniel Bryan feud was incredible. The AJ Styles feud was incredible. Yep. I, and it's like you guys you realize like this is the guy that we want to see. Like when he's he's basically a big bully dude. He's a big bully, and he it, it, like that's so much more entertaining than him him basically being the toughest guy that ever toughed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like um. I, w- I would have liked, you know, more with them. Like, they they started it kind of shakily in the Royal Rumble. And it's like, we were supposed to, you know, get this moment that I don't think we really ever got with them. No, he threw him out with his back turned like yeah. a coward. Yeah. I mean, obviously not like a coward, but like, he, he turned it, like, he threw him out when, like, and he didn't see he was behind him. Like, what, you know, like, that's not yeah. really like a feud. Like, it wasn't like he was screwed. They weren't friends. Yeah. Real, real basic setup. Yeah, um, it was very simple. Yeah. Very, very, very and simple. James, to your point, I mean, the the thing about him getting so little mic time is every Undertaker feud for the last, for most of the last decade, yes, has de- has depended on the opponent for the Undertaker mm-hmm. to introduce the element of intrigue because it's just they're just Undertaker feuds. There's nothing overly. There's nothing overly compelling about what Undertaker brings to the table from a character standpoint that isn't just him playing off of that which he's already built over two prior decades. Batista had interesting things to say. So did Edge, so did Shawn Michaels, so did Triple H. The only time in the last decade to me that Undertaker was ever all that compelling during the build to a WrestleMania match was when he was put on the back foot by Triple H at the end of that match in 2011 and had to get Triple H to buy into a match with him at WrestleMania 28. But outside of that, then you're asking everybody who he wrestles to come up with the interesting thing that make it interesting to as to why they're wrestling. And Roman Reigns just isn't charismatic enough to do that. He's just not there in that respect. And that is why everyone dislikes the guy. I don't think it has anything to do with what he does in the ring. I think this character... Um, the deficiencies he has as a character have driven the entire narrative about the guy. Mm-hmm. So people who think he sucks at wrestling, it's because he's not an interesting character and they can't get beyond that. They can't right. get beyond how that character is booked. So it's not shocking that undertaker's match upcoming with Roman Reigns doesn't really have a lot of juice behind it because the guy who'd be required to give it that juice can't do it. Well, do we know he can't do it? Because I mean, you look at, what he's done as when he was, you know, as a face, and like, you know, there's a lot of white meat baby faces that we can just be like, yeah, that's not, you know, even mm-hmm. if you portray him as an absolute killer like they have, you can still be like, yeah, there's not really too much there, and a lot of it is based on the hill, the the hill that basically gets that the push that dude over the edge and fire up, but we haven't even had opportunity to see what Reigns can do as a solo hill, mm-hmm. you know, and. It, and, you know, Chad, you're, you, we know that you love the NBA just like we do. And now that we're in March Madness and going on, like, there's been so many times where we'll watch college basketball and see someone like an Anthony Davis or a Draymond Green or a Carl Anthony Towns. 
and they have the in you watch them play in college and you see them not not be, be basically like setting in these particular rules and they're only allowed to do th- these certain things they're put in the box and you only see them be able to do these certain things. Blake Griffin's another example. Yeah. And then you see them get to the NBA and they're allowed to actually like try to, to showcase their whole entire skill set. And you're like, my God, what the hell are these coaches doing in college? <laughs> like, no one, no one knew that Draymond Green could put the ball down like that or be, or yeah. be able to be the, the uh, versatile defensively. No one knew Anthony Davis had a had a face up game like that. Like, no bro, one, I remember, I didn't think Davis was good at all in college. I thought, like, he, was, I thought he was a blogger, John Henson. <laughs> yeah, like no one knew he had that yeah. kind of range. Same thing for Anthony Towns being able to put the ball down. Same thing for Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's handle is incredible. Blake yeah. Griffin's passing ability is incredible. We didn't see that Oklahoma. All you saw him do was jump and dunk. And play really, really, really hard. Yes. Like. You know what I mean? So, like, and, and, you know, you'll see the stuff on NXT, like little snippets of when he was just in a suit being a heel, and you're like, huh, okay. Like, there's a spark I, there. I and see, I think that kind of that answers, like, what was going to be my next question was, was this the right match for Undertaker? Like, if it's, it's not, I don't think. Like, you know, like. It, I think we're at a point now to where, like, if, I mean, what match could he have possibly been in that wasn't a face versus face you versus like what could he have possibly done like that would have got him over like the only person I can imagine could have really got him over would have been like Cena but for some reason he did not want to do any inter yeah. uh, brand matches this year yeah. for whatever reason yeah like they moved Undertaker who told the Smackdown guys yes. if you lose um, at, at Survivor Series you're going to have to answer to me and then next thing you know, he's a raw brand guy. Could have been Dean Ambrose. I know he can talk, but you know they they Indeed. Ambrose is in character flux. Like uh, they beating the brakes off him too. Yes. <laughs> uh, so last question, Chad, uh, and thank you so much for joining us. This has been extra fun. Okay, I'll tell you what. Can I answer that that other one? Yes. Uh, yes. Right match. Yeah. I'm going to jump in there. I- I'm actually of a different opinion. On that, um, I think I think it is the right match for Undertaker. Uh, and look, I mean, we can argue Cena should be in this spot, but the timing just never worked out. I guess I wanted to see Kobe versus LeBron in the finals, but the timing never worked out for that either. Different genre of sport and entertainment, I know, but it is what it is. A few years ago, in the Final Four, I wanted to see undefeated Kentucky against the Duke team that went on to win it all, but what we got instead instead was still very memorable and compelling in its own right. So. Um, a different narrative doesn't necessarily mean a lesser one. And Roman Reigns right now against Undertaker, you know, we're talking about a new guy, a fresh talent, still has only been a main event star for about two years. I mean, there's a lot that Roman Reigns has in the tank in his career, even if you don't like what he is now, as James just alluded to. I mean, imagine what he might could be someday down the road. And this is one of those legacy building type foundational moments for him or it certainly could be so uh, is it the right match for undertaker well if undertaker wants to go out looking up at the lights like someone like him who has a more old school mentality might be apt to do then yeah i think it is because i don't I mean what what does it benefit you know john cena to beat the undertaker yeah it's a memorable match <laughs> but imagine for a moment if roman reigns versus undertaker is a highly memorable match I think that we may look back on this and answer that question far more definitively as a cumulative fan base that, yes, it was the right one. All right. 
just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, this is this is mainly the the question I wanted to ask you the most, Chad. Like, you know, knowing that you've r- spent a lot of time writing uh, three editions of your WrestleMania book um, historically. Uh, what will this match mean when looking back uh, within WrestleMania history and even at uh, both guys' career? Like, basically, Chad, what we're saying is we want you to predict the historical narrative that's going to come out of this match. Well, for Undertaker, if it is indeed his swan song, then we'll obviously talk about it for that reason. And we can only hope it's a classic that you hope every wrestler exits stage left after having performed. He's meant so much to the WrestleMania franchise the rise of WrestleMania to its current levels to where it's being sought after several years in advance that people are pitching and, you know, cities are pitching to have WrestleMania come to them to boost their economy. I mean, that's something that happened during the exact same time that Undertaker's streak hit the levels that it reached. And Undertaker has been instrumental in that process from going from when they were you know, sitting there in 16,500 seats, Chicago, All-State, Illinois, you know, Chicago, Illinois, All-State Arena for WrestleMania 22 to then going 80,000, 70,000, 70,000, 80,000, 70,000, et cetera. I mean, this, that shift has been something I think that The Undertaker has meant a lot to. So when he leaves WrestleMania, I mean, he's been around for so long, and that his presence at WrestleMania has meant so much that if this is it, then that is going to leave that that hole that someone's going to have to fill. And, you know, Shawn Michaels left and you lost Mr. WrestleMania, lost that guaranteed great match. You just knew it was coming. And if you lose Undertaker, you lose a you, you lose a considerable presence. Um, I mean, it's like it's. I don't know. I want. I don't know that I want to say it's like Jordan leaving the game in basketball, but I mean it's comparable. It's on that kind of level. Um, it also has the potential to be the night that we look back on for Roman's career as the night when he really did become the next John Cena, because I feel like that's probably the narrative thread I'd pull on most as it pertains to Roman for this match, is that this is going to be the match that gets him over to that level where he is that polarizing. And if that's the case, then I certainly know I'll look back on it and, and confirm it as, okay, that's the night that Roman became the next Cena, not the prior years leading up to it where they were trying so hard, but it just kind of worked out that after two straight years of pushing him like crazy, the whole scenario of being the guy who retired Undertaker, that could be it. Um, You know, it could just end up being a great match, but I certainly, I like looking at things from a more historical perspective. And that, to me, both of those things for both guys and the impact it could have on WrestleMania moving forward is right at the top of my reasons to be excited about Sunday show. Yeah, and if that and if that doesn't work, then there's always next year when he beats Brock Lesnar in the main event at WrestleMania 34, <laughs> or the next year after that when he beats John Cena in the main event at WrestleMania 35. 35. <laughs> yeah, yep. I hope y'all are ready. Uh, Whether you like it or you don't like it, oh, learn and love it because apparently it's the best thing going. Let Vince tell it. Oh man. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, yeah. Chad, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you post WrestleMania, hopefully about some of this stuff. And I'll be on Chad's show uh, post WrestleMania that'll be out with Dave Fenichel, which will be 
an event. It's going down. Uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. Excellent, man. Definitely.